0: Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post production. I don't have any training and coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. We made it 10 episodes of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. We're still here, we're still going strong. And so thanks to you, thanks to your support of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, and just hope to keep bringing you uh, some great guests, great stories, great advice that will help you uh, on your journey to achieving your career goals. Uh, speaking of, I got a, a really cool episode today. I want to do this episode uh, with my very good friend, Carlos Viramontes, aka Charlie, who is an assistant editor in Scripted TV in Hollywood. I met Charlie over two years ago. Uh, we got connected through a, a, a mutual friend in San Diego and he had expressed to this this mutual connection that he wanted to get into uh, script television. He wanted to be an editor in script television. He was editing promos in San Diego and was just curious about how to how to make that transition. We got connected and he just started reaching out with questions. Just want to know how I did it. He just he was a fan of Narcos Mexico. Was uh, interested in how that show was done and edited and. You know, just really curious and, and genuine. And we started building a friendship. We are now very good friends. And the reason I want to do this episode is because I think Charlie is a perfect example of of what great networking is and not just networking, but building true relationships, uh, true connections. I think he did it the right way and I wanted to share his story. So I want to go back and just kind of take a step-by-step of how we met and, and how our relationship developed over two years and then how eventually he was able to get a job as an assistant editor in Scripted TV in hollywood and i think this is also an example of uh, how i think that one does not need to be in la to get a job uh, in hollywood so uh, all, all great stuff here uh really really excited to talk to my good friend charlie uh so thanks for being here thanks for listening here we go with episode 10 of the hollywood editing mentor podcast with assistant editor carlos viramontes What's going on, my friend? Good to have you here on the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Gracias por tenerme.
0: Ah, see, we're, we're going international here, bilingual. <laughs> uh, a Hollywood Editing Mentor. But, uh, Charlie, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to, to bring you on here for a very uh, specific reason. And I wanted you to share your story. So, so everyone knows, uh, Charlie uh, and I met two years ago. And... Charlie who at that time was a editor for a local sports channel um, where he was editing promos and, and 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 other marketing material and eventually made it into scripted TV and is now working on a scripted TV show in Hollywood, was able to transition, but not only that, transi- able to transition from promos and marketing, but even not being in LA, he was able to do that. And I I wanted to bring up your story because I think you are a great example of how to network with people and how to build relationships. You, I think, did it perfectly. I think it's how everyone should do it. And I just want people to hear your story and how you did it because I think it's a it's a very good example and I think uh, they can follow your lead. Obviously, like I tell people, it's it's always, you know, you got to make it your own path and you, your own way of doing things. But I think that definitely by hearing Charlie's story, uh, you can get some good ideas uh, as to how to transition to not only scripted TV or films, but any, any area of post-production that you want to work in. So, Charlie, I definitely want to talk... Uh, about our kind of how we met and our, our kind of journey together, how we built our relationship. but be- before that uh, just tell us uh, quickly kind of you know where you're from and how you got into editing.
1: Yeah man well I'm originally from LA. Uh, my family moved up to San Diego when I was 10 um, and I've even through high school and uh, college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I've always had a love for sports and TV film. And, but I never put it together that I could do something within those industries. Like it, it was just unfathomable for me personally. Um, so I went through community college uh, trying to figure out exactly what it is that I wanted to do. Eventually, through my community college here in San Diego, I joined this class called New Scene, where we would produce our own 30 minute newscast. We would be anchors, um, the weather, sports, entertainment, and we were responsible to edit all these different little features that we did. So we were using Final Cut at the time, and I was like, wow, I really enjoy editing. And usually I was a sports guy, so I would edit my segments, and I fell in love with it, but I always thought I wanted to be in front of the camera, sort of like on ESPN, doing the play-by-play, always had a fascination with sports. And then one day, it just clicked, and my teacher was like, hey, um, her name was Laura Castañera, which you know, by the way, But she was like, hey, Fox Sports San Diego are looking for a PA. Would you be interested? I was like, yeah, let me jump on that opportunity. So, you know, got lucky, got my foot in the door there and was working there for four or five years. And then I went to Cal State Long Beach because I had applied to San Diego State University three times figured I'm in San Diego. I might as well go to school to San Diego State. I'm literally 10 minutes away from the school. They rejected me three times. At that point, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to apply to schools in L.A. I applied to Cal State Long Beach, Fullerton and Long Beach responded. And they're like, yeah, we'll accept you. And I was kind of like torn because I was like, God, now I got to drive all the way over there. So for two years. I commuted to Cal State Long Beach Tuesdays and Thursdays. I had to make sure that my schedule, I would schedule it from nine to four, my classes. So I had five classes and I had to schedule it around that time because then I had to drive back home to San Diego and sometimes even work at around eight, nine o'clock to edit Padre stuff or assist the editor, whoever was uh, in charge that day. So I did that for two years, um, and I finally got my degree in political science. I know it's a, it's not communications or anything, but I was already kind of in that field working for Fox Sports San Diego and figured I already, I'm already here, like, the only way this is gonna mess up is if I do something wrong. And I'm gonna continue, you know, striving to do what I can to keep pushing forward. So I did political science because I've, I've always been intrigued by political science, especially nowadays. Um, so I did that got my my BA, and then one random day I asked my teacher at the time, Laura, and I was like, hey, Laura, I'm looking into maybe transitioning into – TV or film, I have no idea what that entails. I don't know anybody in the industry. Do you happen to know anybody, any of your students? And she said, I actually know this guy named Joaquin. Here's his email. He's a really nice guy, that's what she said. I was like, all right, cool. Got home, sent that email to you. I was just like, hey, you know, my name's uh, Carlos. I got this email from Laura, she said she knew you. And I was just interested in maybe whenever you're in San Diego, maybe grab a cup of coffee. And left it at that. And then I think you responded within that day or the next day. Um, and that's how I ended up meeting you, man. Yeah, I think
0: it was like one of those things where, like, I, th- I think I said, oh, yeah, I'm actually going to San Diego like next week or something so yeah why not grab coffee you know like and i mean i knew laura from i mean back in the day when i was working as a videographer editor we used to do um kind of like docu-series and other and documentaries for various uh you know channels and and just kind of indie projects but yeah that was i i I remember that i was like yeah of course i know laura so yeah I'll i'll go have coffee with you and it just so happens that i'll be in san diego in like the next week or something so sure let's meet up and we did um first of all you were a fan of narcos mexico so you, I think, initially just came at it as being a fan. And it was awesome that for you to just meet, say, someone who's involved in creating the show and putting it together. And you just had, you came at it more like with as a fan, just questions about, hey, man, what, how, what is it like to edit in Hollywood or these shows? It wasn't like, hey, man, I need a job or I want to do this. You just came, you just asking questions like, tell me more about it. There was nothing behind it or anything. You simply were really interested in knowing more about what it takes to edit that show.
1: Yeah. Another quick little thing, like, you were coming from LA to San Diego and you, you know, you, you took the liberty of responding to me and saying you can meet up, which I was like, damn, this is, this is great. So I told you, what do you want? What What's your coffee? Right? Like, I feel like that's a common sense thing, but some people just don't have that. And it's like, you were taking time out of your busy schedule that you could have been with your family. So I figured, let me just ask him what, what cup of coffee he likes and I'll buy it for him. Like no questions asked. Like it's, I feel like some people, those little things they don't do, and even that little gesture of kindness kind of makes that editor or that person you're talking to a little bit more approachable to you. They might even be able to open up a little bit more because they you took time to do that for them. But yeah, I was just mostly excited just because I was going to meet an editor who worked on shows on Netflix, right? on narcos and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, like that's one of the shows that I love, like from season one. And this guy's doing it, but it wasn't, I wasn't emailing you to get a job. Like it was never a, i was gonna ask the question of, all right, cool, man, well, thanks for meeting me, but can you get me a job? Cause I have no idea what that entails. I was just genuinely interested in knowing how you did what you did. And maybe the steps that you took that might click something with me and will guide me down the path of where I want to eventually end up. So, yeah, that's, that's how we met and just asking you questions of, about the show, not even like very specific questions. Like wh- how do you lower the music or any of that? It was just kind of like, you know, how did you get into the show? And then you, to- you told me that you were a big fan of the show as well. So that was cool. We clicked, and yeah, man, the, the friendship just kind of built from there. No, no doubt, man. I mean, we, we, we did
0: become friends. Uh, we did build a solid relationship over time. Obviously, it did not happen, like, say, right away. I mean, sure, we talk, what I'm saying, but us, as the, the, the time went by, we got to know each other more. And then, I mean, we started hanging out and everything. Um But I want to bring, I do want to touch on that coffee thing because I think it is, I did notice that. I mean, I, I got to say, first of all, look, I don't expect anyone to buy me coffee or anything, lunch. Certainly, if someone does, it just says something about the person and it does make you feel good. In this case, it made me feel good. And so, yes, I did notice that. And when I got, I think you texted me, what would you like? And I'm like, oh, like this. And then I got there and you had it right there for me, ready. And so it says, a lot about you you know it's like you're just generous and like you said yeah it makes like the conversation a lot more it's easier yeah i feel more comfortable it's just we already i think initially as i walked through the door i never met you in a senior person but there's already like a slight bond already happening from that gesture right so we meet that day and we met for i don't know it seemed like well over an hour we just got talking and then um after that I, i i i go back to la you you stay in san diego and maybe i don't know maybe i mean I. I, th- I think you did send me an email saying thank you and, and, and you're appreciative over the meeting and uh i told you to stay in touch and then maybe weeks months down later down the line I, you did send me another email um kind of told me what you were doing basically you were keeping in touch and it wasn't about finding again finding a job it was simply like hey man how are you doing we eventually I think probably might have talked about sports because we both like sports and it's just we just started talking via email maybe once every couple months isn't that uh eventually you sent me uh some promos that you cut for for fox sports and you said hey man can you just take a, a look at these and give me feedback uh, there were promos there were 30 probably 30 second spots or what you know and and you sent them to me and they were good, really, really good. And and I was trying to find something to, some notes to give you because I always feel there's something to give to people. And I think I remember it was something, hey man, I think this is all great. I think maybe you could just probably enhance the sound design. I think that was like one note, but it was all great. I mean, you could, I could tell one one, first of all, I, I could tell you, you knew how to edit. You just, you, you, did, you knew it, you had that skill. And so that was great because it just, first of all, it showed me that, you know, first of all, that you can edit, and that you're comfortable showing almost a stranger your material. Did you at that point? I mean, at, at any point, did you kind of think about sending me any of those promos? Maybe like, say, you were maybe I don't know if
1: I should send it to this guy or not. Or were nah, not cross your mind. So before that, actually, I remember I had emailed you and asking you, "Hey man, h- how's the show going? You know, where are you guys at? How do you like your scene? Stuff like that." And. You responded and were very generous. And then you you, t- you sent me a clip of something you had edited. It was like a fight scene that you had done. It was like nine or 10 minutes long. And you just sent it to me. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, And I was like, damn, I have something that this guy who edits these Hollywood shows, like I have something he edited. Like, How, how cool was that? Uh, so you sent me the link and I started watching it. It was awesome, man. And I responded to you and I was like, yo, this reminds me of like, The Bourne movies, like those fight scenes, it was just quick cut. The sound was loud. The punches were coming in. I was like, God, this reminds me of that. And then you responded, and you were like, yeah, actually, the the producer actually sent me clips from the movie to try to inspire me when I was going to cut this scene. And so I was I got comfortable with you there. I was like, damn, I kind of hit the bullseye with with my critique there, you know, but I was just more super excited that I was able to see it. And then that's when I kind of felt a little bit more comfortable to ask you like, Hey man, do you mind if I send you a couple of my things? They're obviously not that long, but any feedback would be awesome. Not like, Hey Joaquin, look at this. So you can send this to your producer director, and then they might want to hire me. No, it's just genuinely asking like, how can I make this better? And that was one of your critiques. The it was like a uh, a hockey thing, and you were like the sound is a little low. And then I looked at it and I was like, "Damn, he's right." <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, "No, this is this is great." But that that's like a, a big thing is, especially as an editor, if you're afraid to get critiques, then it's gonna be hard for you to kind of progress because this whole industry is you make something and somebody's gonna tell you whether it works or it doesn't, and you can't. Let it stick to you. You kind of have some thick skin where you just kind of brush it off and just make it inspire you. Every negative, make it into a positive. How can you make the, this scene, this particular or character whatsoever, make it better, make it stand out? So for me, it wasn't really that I was that scared to show it to you because I felt comfortable now that you had personally sent me something. So yeah, when you gave me the feedback, I was like, all right, cool. Like, this is something I, I, I need to work on personally. Uh, I like that you bring that up because
0: how we started kind of getting comfortable with each other. It was just kind of, I, you know, just kind of sending, first of all, you were asking just simply how the show was going. And then, yeah. And then I I realized, oh, this guy's easy to talk to. Like, he's just, you know, I can tell that you were genuine, Genuinely wanting just to know, really want to know how the show was going, and so yeah. Then once I sent you uh, probably that 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 fight scene, and then it kind of opened things up, right? It's just at that point we started okay connecting more. Now I'm sending you like say personal or projects that I've worked on, that starts creating a bond, right? It's initial stages, but it starts it starts, and then so yeah. Then you sent me uh, your material. And of course, it was nothing, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't any like, you know, say narrative, you know, project or anything. It was just a promo. But right away, I knew that you had skills. That's that's one thing. And then the other thing, it's like, you know, we just simply started connecting more where we could give each other feedback. So going back to then that time where we were kind of still emailing each other. After you sent me those promos, I think we might have again every couple of weeks. I mean, remember, we, this was kind of like a two-year process Uh, a couple weeks couple months probably hit me up again maybe it was probably a holiday or something and send me an email and then the next thing I think you did unless and maybe I'm forgetting something but the next thing I remember you doing was you sent me then and this was a big one for me at least how I saw my perception of you you sent me you had bought some stock footage you know that dealt with narrative content so you bought it like a scene raw footage of a scene from like a short film or a film a feature film and you Cut a scene together, um, just on your own, just to practice. This was not going on air or n- nothing. It was just simply you bought some stock footage uh, to practice editing a narrative scene, and you said, "Hey, man, I I I, I bought this, and I, I, I cut the scene. Can you just then give me again feedback?" And I'm like, "Oh, wow." I think, again, it was like minimal notes. I mean, I could tell that obviously you were, you had the skills, editing skills. And I I struggled, I think, to find notes to give you. But besides that, I wasn't even so much stuck on, I mean, I I knew you could edit, but I wasn't even so much stuck on the fact that you could edit. Like to me, the important thing to me was that you actually went out and you bought this stock footage because you want to practice now being, say, more editing kind of narrative material. And then with the intention, I'm assuming, to then get feedback from me. That, to me, showed a lot from you. I mean, that's, a, you know, you, you took the initiative, you were proactive in doing that. Can you just talk about your thought process then when you decided to say then go try and, and, and or sorry, go and purchase this material and then show it to me?
1: Yeah. So for me, actually, my, it was my birthday at the time and my girlfriend was looking into buying me something and I really had no idea. And I was like, hey, I found this like video where I can cut a scene. Maybe that's a good gift idea. So she got me those. I didn't I didn't know that, man. <laughs> yeah. So she got and that was my birthday gift. Uh, she got me two scenes. Awesome. And I was just excited because like I finally had to have it on my laptop. And I was like, oh, great. Now I'm like, this is actual cool footage that I can edit by myself. And she would be kind of the editor. I'd be like assisting because I would be like, hey, what do you think? She'd be like, I can't hear that person talk. It's way too loud or it's way too low. And so she was really good at giving me feedback, even though she has no idea how the industry works. She's in the medical field. So that was pretty funny. But I, 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 every time she told me something, it was like spot on. I was like, God, how did I miss that? And I, I get a little bit annoyed with myself personally because I was like, God, I should have caught that. And, um, yeah, so I was done with it for a while for like two, three months. I was already done with it. And again, just like you said earlier, I would just email you, Hey man, happy 4th of July. Hope you and your family are good. Hope everything is well. And then we, we started talking again and I was like, Hey man, I, I have this video that I edited. It's like two, three minutes long. Um, and it's narrative. Let me know what you think. And I sent it to you and then you gave me some feedback and that's how I, I was I was able to, to to get to show you that. But in my mind, I was never like, hey, I'm going to edit this and I'm going to send this to Joaquin. Like I, I was done with it. It was two, three months. It was just for, for my personal use. Like I just wanted to, to get my hands on that. And the opportunity arose again with you asking me something. I was like, hey, by the way, do you mind if I send you this? and again you were very grateful and gave me feedback which was awesome man appreciate it
0: the next thing i remember was that again i would because i would go to san diego i I mean i'm from san diego my family lives down there and i went to san diego and i think i told you hey charlie i'm gonna be down in san diego man uh i'm gonna be at my friend's event he had a charity event you showed up at that event i mean it was like an early you know uh, yeah it was like a 3k walk you know a charity event for my friend and uh
1: you showed up and you not, not only showed up, you did the walk with me. Like we did the walk together. Yeah. At first I was like, God, I don't, the only person I know is Joaquin and you guys all have like a group together uh, and your families. And I was like, but eh, screw it. Like maybe I'll get to talk to Joaquin a little bit here and there, just about how, how everything's going. You know, maybe he'll be too busy doing something, but, but I'm going to show up. doesn't matter. This dude's asking me and he offered it to me and I, I'm going to, Take advantage of the situation. So, yeah, I I did it. We walked. We started talking a little bit about, like, getting your foot in the door, the union, all that stuff, and the hurdles that 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 entails. But, yeah, again, never asked you, like, hey, is there a job opportunity open? You were just kind of like, this is what's going on with the show. This is how I'm doing. If, you know, if something happens, you know, I'll keep you posted. Um, But that came out of you. Like, I was never like, hey, Joaquin, I want to work for Narcos. I want to work for this show. It was just me building a relationship with you. And you saw something in me that were like, hey, maybe this guy, I don't know, I'm going to put his name out there, you know. Put his name in the hat and see what happens. What
0: I saw was just some... First of all, I just... I thought you were just cool. I mean, I liked hanging out with you. You you definitely were a hard worker. You were nice. I mean, you were considerate. You were... I mean, so many positive qualities. And obviously, you know, you obviously like sports, editing. We did certainly have a lot in common, but you were just someone... We connected for sure, but besides that, you were just, you just put in that, the work. You went above and beyond. I mean, just, you were there and you were happy to be there. You, you, I noticed that you were there. Like you genuinely were happy to be there at that, say, at that walk and, and, and you put an effort to, to stay in touch with me. I said a lot about you as, a, as a person. I'm like, okay, I, I see what kind of person charlie is and so yeah at that point i mean but you were still in san diego you had your life in san diego your job because then i told you i think well you know charlie i think you know if you're gonna want to work in, in in hollywood then you need to be in la and i think i asked you at one point i mean are you willing to do that you know like i mean are you you know because it's gonna take involve you moving and moving your life and quitting your job and everything and i think that uh, i mean I, if i can remember correctly i mean you were I think you you said, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily like on your radar necessarily. It wasn't like you were, you were happy where you were. And I mean, I just never, I I couldn't tell if you, like, I knew you wanted to work in Hollywood, but I wasn't sure if it was like your priority. Like it was, it wasn't necessarily like, yeah, man, like I need to do this now. Or it was just kind of like, ah, well, if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was, um, again, like you just mentioned, I, I did have a job here with, with Fox Sports. I wasn't really in dire need of a job, right. Where I was like, Joaquin, I need this and that. I mean... I could have been doing whatever it was here in San Diego and I still wouldn't have been like, Joaquin, can you give me a job? It's just, it would never cross my mind. But then, yeah, you know, from meeting you and building that relationship, it was like, wow, the, the only logical thing to do is all the jobs are in L.A. predominantly. So I love San Diego and I love my family here. But eventually I would have to to make the move up there if this was something I really wanted to pursue. And it's a discussion I had with with my girlfriend who thankfully said she'll, you know, she'll go with me. She'll she'll be by my side. But, yeah, talking to my parents as well. And, you know, like being Hispanic, you're you're very close to to your family. Like most people talk to their parents once a month maybe like I talk to my mom and dad once a day. Like, I, I have to know how they're doing and it's just they're my best friends and I, I have to know how they are and my and that's why I think I gravitate towards my girlfriend because she's kind of like that with her family. But, yeah, you, you you told me, like, hey, you know, you would have to make the move to L.A. And it wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, man, for sure. I'm going to I'm going to go over there. Like it was still in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, but I love San Diego. Like, why do I want to leave San Diego? And go to LA? There's so much traffic. and But, yeah, you left. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I like in the back of my mind, I, I knew that that would be something I would have to do if, if the opportunity arose. Right. But, yeah, it wasn't like 100 percent. Yeah, Joaquin. Let's go. It's nothing was, you know, stirring over there and everything that I had in my life here in San Diego was already set in stone. So why would I personally myself leave it and not and risk it and not knowing what I what would happen over there? Because, you know, I have to provide here for my family as well.
0: I think that during the time that we were still, you know, kind of sending uh, messages back and forth, uh, I invited you over to the narcos offices to shadow me or maybe you brought it. Up. I don't I don't remember. But you drove up from San Diego, you were there at like nine in the morning. So you left, wait, what time did you leave San Diego? Like four in the morning?
1: It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like 5, 5.30 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know,
0: cause I've done that drive, the, the morning rush hour, like, it took me one time, I think four hours to get to work. Cause I, I had visited my family. So I'm like,
1: this guy is coming from, from San Diego to come shadow me. And then I think you drove back that night. I did, yeah. So I think you, I was with my family eating dinner when I got a text from you and said, and you were like, hey man, would you be willing to come into the office and just for a day and check it out here at the at Narcos? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And then you gave me like the dates. Right. I think you gave me like a whole like two, three weeks or something like pick a day. And I was like the first one, man, whenever you go back to work. I'm there. <laughs> so, yeah, I got up at around, I don't know, 420 in the morning to leave here at around 520 to get there. It may, maybe like a couple minutes earlier than you, just so you wouldn't exactly. be that. I think uh, you. I
0: think you probably, yeah, exactly. I think you got like me there before me or something. And I think also, I think you even like texted me and said, do you want, do you want coffee? I think you yeah, said, yeah, I, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like, like this guy, man, it's like, um, and, but yeah, you, you were there
1: like on time, from, like driving from yeah. San Diego in the morning. It's like, what? Again, for me, it's like, there's there's no reason why you should be doing this. There's no reason why you should be asking me to go and, go into the offices of this of this awesome show that I've that I like so much but yet you are so I'm grateful I'm thankful you know and just how I am like showing my gratitude like thank you so much for for this opportunity again in my mind I'm like wow this is doesn't mean I'm gonna work for this show or another show but my foot's in the door like I'm I'm, I'm talking to people and got to meet some some cool editors there, and and yeah, man. At the end of the day, I drove back home. I think it what we left maybe like around six. I think I left that day. Got home at around nine with the beautiful LA traffic.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was impressive, man. I thought you were determined, and and you were just simply not even necessarily determined because it, it wasn't necessarily about getting a job. It was just you know you made the effort. And you were happy to do it. I could see you were excited. You really appreciated it. That's the thing. And, you know, you were there on time. And they even asked me if I wanted coffee to bring to the office. So I was like, man, this guy, I mean, this guy's awesome. You know, and I can see that... You know, he really even if he did I don't know if he really even really wants it, but I'm just saying the guy has the right attitude. This guy has the right worth ethic, the personality. I mean, I know people around the office liked you, like you gave up the 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 good the right vibe. I mean it was all positive. At that point I started kinda noticing or hearing of a lead uh on a on a scripted TV show where I you know I it was kinda in the initial stages and I said, hmm, like you know, maybe this is something that Charlie would be interested in. I still I gotta I gotta admit though, this is something that I will admit to you. I was still kind of nervous though, being that you did not have, say, scripted experience. It made me nervous to, to push through your, your resume, right? That did make me nervous because in the end, it is my reputation, right? It's, it's, I am putting someone forward, but I trusted you, even though we probably met only in person, what, three times maybe at the most? But I knew that I had a feeling that you were someone that was, not gonna let me down, and that I could trust, and saying, "Hey, man, this is this guy is gonna might not know how to the workflow, say on a scripted TV show, but we'll figure it out." I, I at least knew you knew Avid. That was the that was a big thing, but I was still kind of man. I, I mean, I just I want to make sure if I do put him through or say throw his his, his name in, in in the mix, that you know he's gonna come through and he's gonna you know not let me down and do a good job but then i think i started asking questions maybe like in conversation that we had i started asking questions hey man without even telling you about the job or anything i think i said like hey man uh would you feel comfortable if you were like an assistant editor i would throw questions out there like to, to kind of feel you out you know like see and and then you would yeah man i mean you would. i don't know if you knew what i was doing but i was like you were just like hey yeah like i yeah i, I mean i feel comfortable i feel comfortable with the habit this and that i'm like okay okay so then one of the other big thing that started happening and then I, start, as I started seeing this lead i the next thing was like that whole union situation and this was I'll bring this up because this is a topic that I I, I talk about with a lot of people and it so happened that even though you were not in LA
1: your work qualified to join the union, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, I had no idea because like my stuff aired on TV in San Diego and um, I didn't even know there was a union to to be quite honest with you. I thought that the people that worked in film and TV it's kind of like my job. Like you get a job for a show and then you're there that's it but there was no union. I've never actually been a part of any union. So for me that was that was completely new, um, and I remember talking to some editors, and they were like, "Hey, well, you edit st- stuff for TV, right, in San Diego?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. Um, it, it's sports related and and some, you know, promos and stuff that goes out." They're like, "You might want to look into it because we believe that you qualify for for the hours that you need over here in uh, in L.A.," and um, it it turned out that it did, but again, it, it wasn't even the in my mind, like I had no idea until they they brought it up, and you brought it up as well. And I was just like, "Oh wow, like that's kind of neat. That's it's pretty cool, like to know that I I qualified to maybe just have my name on a list. Uh, obviously, zero experience in the field, but that was one step closer for me that I had like like done that.
0: And it was a big thing. And and but then you know you then obviously just like me when I got to LA, I did not know anything about the union. I had. I had to figure out by myself but you were uh, during that process. I mean, you would hit me up constantly now because you were going through then the paperwork, and I think uh, you had a bunch of questions like the, about the classification, the the getting your you know paperwork from 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 your work. I mean, all these questions. Obviously, that uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's it's tough to find this information. I kind of I, well, no, I did. I got kind of guided you along, and you know, and we just kind of back and forth. And you feel comfortable asking me these questions. I mean, we, we were talking a lot, and I gladly was going to help you. And so we. First figured it out, right? And so eventually then you get to finally get on the roster in San Diego and you join the roster, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. And I was the uh, the the union was it was a little bit complicated cuz there's certain hours that you have to meet and what days did you actually work those those hours. Um so yeah, I was thankful that I had somebody who had already done it and was helping me with it cuz it's a whole bunch of gibberish if you have no idea what what it is. Even your classification of what you put can hinder if you even get on this roster. So I was able to do that uh, with your help. And yeah, I was able to get on the roster too in the, um, in the LA area while still living in, in San Diego. So yeah, that's how I, I was able to get my first foot in, in the door.
0: At that point, when I saw that you were on the roster, I'm like, okay, then you're, you're good to go. I think now it's like, okay, well, I think at one point I asked you, Charlie, if, if something comes up, like I think now I asked, I, ask, like, I might've asked like, I mean, I, I, is this something that you're willing to do? Because if I put your name through and they call you, like, it's, you know, I don't want you to like then, then say, oh, back down, right? I want you to, I mean, this is the thing. You're going to move your life now to LA. Sure, it's not that far. But if you're moving your life now. You're leaving, like, you're close to your family and, and your, your girlfriend's working in the medical field. She, I think, was going at the, to school at that time. I mean, it's like this thing to, like, even if it's two, three hours away, like, you're still moving your life. So I asked you, hey, man, I mean, I think this is a possibility. Still not promising you anything. I'm just saying, I'm wondering, I'm feeling you out. I say, hey, are you? do you feel comfortable doing the job? And are you willing to move to L.A.? And the answer was yes, right? I mean, you had, I'm assuming, conversations with, like you said, your family, and your girlfriend. And you said yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, not that, it, like, the dream was coming true, right? But it was like, oh, wow, there's maybe a possibility. Again, for something I had no idea what would happen like didn't even know about the union and somehow that, that, that just happened to land and I had accumulated hours to meet that requirement. And then when you said that, like, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but there might be a possibility on, on this maybe scripted show, would you be interested? And like the automatic response for me was, yeah, like this is, this is what I want to do. This is the next step. Again, very afraid because I don't know what that entails. And it's always like in the back of your mind, like, God, what if like by chance I, I, I'm able to get this, but then people look at me like I'm a fraud, right? But people don't care the struggles that, you know, you you went through personally to to get your foot in the door. And I was like, I can't, like, I gotta make this happen. I gotta make this work. So yeah, my automatic response to you was like, yeah, man, for sure. Like, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> and inside you're probably like, I'll figure it out later, but was that your thought process though? Like, it's like, yeah, and then like just,
0: Inside, you're like, I'll, I'll figure this out down the line. I'll see the actual, like, how I do this.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It was like I'm gambling on myself, right? Like, this might not work out. Maybe they get me and the show, and within a month or, or less, they're like, ah, you're not a good fit for this show. And it's like, God, it's demoralizing. But in the back of my mind, I was just like, I, I just got to do it. Like, if I say no, I know what that results in. In me not getting my foot in the door, I, I know – that's an automatic zero but if I say yes that's a possibility that I might make it and like the whole thing was I don't want to live my life with regret especially when it has to do with my career of saying no Joaquin I don't think I'd be willing to move to la when this is really what I want to do for the rest of my life and I was like jumped at the opportunity to, to give you a, a yes for sure I know <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I, I think we share, you know, we're on the same frequency there. I mean, like I, the same thing. It's like, you know, I, I, I prefer to you know, take that risk. You know, that my, my biggest, my, my biggest fear is to then down the line regret not doing something. That's to me would be death. I mean, that's, that's terrible for anything. I would rather take the risk and maybe fail, but at least I can say, you know what, I tried it and it didn't work out. And you know what, maybe now I'll I'll figure it out a different way, right? Yeah. But eliminating that fear. And saying, you know what, I'm just gonna go for it. Let's see what happens. I don't expect anything. If I fall, I'll just get back up. And I think that's important. I I, I saw you had the right attitude. Uh, I could trust you. So then, at that point, I do get this lead, and I say, Charlie, send me your resume. (laughs) But your resume was um, obviously tailored to to editing gigs. You had obviously you did not have any scripted experience. And you had been editing all this time. You were not necessarily an assistant editor. And so we had to then now sell you as an assistant editor, right? So then you send me your resume and we, I mean, we then went back and forth. And I gave you notes and changed everything that said about anything about being an editor to um now having, now selling yourself as an assistant editor. If you could tell anyone some advice on, say, writing this type of resume, what would you tell them? Because I think the idea, what I'm trying to sell or tell people is that, you know, it's just the way of how you sell yourself. You present yourself. You're not, we're not lying here. We're just switching the way that we're presenting ourselves. And we're trying to convince someone that we can do the job. Because you can do the job. It's just that you were just doing it in, in, in another area of post-production, in this case, promos and marketing. Because sometimes, you know, when people say that, oh, you don't work in scripted, you can't do the job of a scripted show. It's like, no, I can't. It's just, it, it's just this, this kind of hinders us from from, a, from transitioning because it's like you just have all this other experience that's not in scripted. So we're now trying to simply sell tell someone, hey, convince you, hey, man, I can't do this job.
1: Yeah. So like for me, the my resume was very towards sports oriented. And I had edited news as well for a local news station in San Diego. Um, So it was very oriented towards that. I did assistant work for uh, assisting editing work for Fox Sports, um, helping the editor. And that's when you and I got together and we're like, here, maybe, you know, what did you help the editor do? And we'll tell you, like, hey, you know, I went into the vault and found these like tapes and, you know, logged this footage, ingested this video. So we catered it more to fit an assistant editor in scripted in hollywood and yeah it was it was a process because it, it had to be changed i did all the things that are on there it just now it's like all right well i use this machine to do this for the padres on this certain game but that doesn't apply to working in scripted because they had probably no idea what that means so yeah i was you helped me out with that as uh, with that as well and extremely thankful and yeah i was able to get my my resume to look a little bit more decent than what it was because i feel like if i had sent the resume that i had without you even looking at it or giving me any feedback it would have definitely been a, a resound no
0: so yeah we finally going back and forth uh we got it to a point where i thought i was like all right we're set now charlie i'm gonna send this over i know this lead there was an opening for an assistant editor on a scripted tv show here in hollywood and I said, Charlie, I'm gonna put this through. And I think I asked you before, Charlie. Just one more, you know, <laughs> yes or no, man. One last time before I hit the send button, are you down? Don't you're do like, it. <laughs> you're like, go, go. All right, here we go. Boom, sent. And sure enough, then you get an interview.
1: Yeah. So it was funny, man. Um, while I worked at Fox Sports San Diego, I was like looking to get more money, more income coming in. So I was doing Amazon Flex. So I'd go pick up packages at like Whole Foods or Amazon Warehouse, and I would go drop them off. And it was my last route. It was like at around eight o'clock or something like that already, you know, nighttime. And I get a text from you that says, hey, man, there's a possibility of you getting an, an interview. And like I just heard, saw Joaquin's name pop up on my phone. and I pulled over, looked at it. And I was like, what? Like, this is insane. Called my girlfriend right away. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, are you going to say yeah? I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And I replied right away, and I was like, yeah, man, like, that that's awesome. Again, very appreciative of, you know, the opportunity that possibly could, could happen for me. You know,
0: during that interview, though, did they say, hey, Charlie, we we'll see we see here that you've worked in promos and not scripted TV. Like, what's a, I mean, was that a conversation, or was it simply like they just wanted to get to know you? And did, did that even come up, like your lack of, a say, scripted TV experience?
1: Yeah, so um, they would ask questions like, so how did you assist the the editor what did you do for you know for fox sports um and i knew that with those questions we were trying to figure out how that translates into scripted so yeah I'd basically break it down to him of how i help the the editor in ingesting video logging you know grouping clips together to, to make the editor's job smoother um and not as hectic as it usually is so i feel like that was kind of what would help me um kind of Get it in their head, like, hey, this guy might be able to, to do the job. So I feel like that's what what helped a lot. But yeah, it was really really good interview. Um, some tough questions, but you know, I held it together. I felt like I I, I did what I was supposed to do and felt great about it. And yeah, it was now up to whoever <laughs> was in charge to hopefully uh open that door for me. From
0: our conversations, I, I think at least you knew, hey, Charlie, it's like now you're coming in with the mentality that you're gonna assist someone. Like, that's the thing, it's like switching your brain from like being, I know you're used to editing and, you know, sure, maybe you were your own assistant or maybe you had an assistant, but it's you had to switch kind of like the, your your mindset, right? It's like, now I am an assistant editor. I have to sell myself as that. So at least you kind of came into the interview knowing that, right? It wasn't just kind of like, oh man, like, okay, that what, you know, what I do now. It's like, you had an idea of like, all right, at least whatever happens, I need to sell myself as job that I am applying for, which is being an assistant editor, even though I've never done it in scripted television, but I need to now convince them that this is the job that I can can do it.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Like, my mentality is I'm not better than anybody and nobody's better than me. And whatever I do, like, I'm going to give it all I got. And hopefully that's enough to, to open some doors for me. But yeah, it's always in the back of your mind. Like, God, I, I might not be, they, they might see me for what I truly am and what you feel inside those insecurities. But you push through it and hope that, yeah, that, that miracle happens you know you you shoot that puck and it goes into the goal with with like 2 seconds left on the on the period man
0: of course it's a hockey reference coming from you <laughs> now it's a you know waiting game just you waiting here back what, what were you feeling like when you were just like can i would, I would get text messages I think from you and you were like i, don't, I haven't heard anything man <laughs> it was it was a while right i mean it was yeah, like
1: yeah so like m- most jobs that i've gotten it takes maybe a day or two yeah <laughs> Hey, you got the job, or I'm sorry, we, we went another way. And this one took like, I think a week and a half, maybe, or close to two. And I was texting you. I remember it was, I was like, yo, Joaquin, have you heard anything? And you're like, no, man, like it, it's silent over here, you know. When, but trust me, you'll 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 find out regardless whether it's a yes or a no. And you're like, just keep your head up and I was like doing Amazon flex still while working at Fox. And I remember just driving and leaving packages and coming back to my phone and like, God, no calls, no texts. Like I definitely didn't get it. My girlfriend would ask me like, did you get the job? No, not today. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got it. And it, eventually, yeah, I got the, the call and the email and was like, Hey, congratulations. Like you're on this show. And I was like, Oh man! I was
0: so excited when I heard that you got the job. I mean, I was just probably just as excited as you. I mean, I was just like, hell yeah! Like this is awesome. Yeah. What, what did you What did you feel when you got that the the the
1: email or the or the or the text? Dude, it was like an out of, out of body experience. Like it, it was kind of surreal. Um, I actually, my girlfriend and I created like a vision board. On one of the things I wrote was, "I want to work in scripted TV, right in Hollywood." And then when it happened, all this, and my girlfriend was like, "If you put it on the vision board, it's gonna come." true and I'm always kind of like no that stuff just doesn't work but I did it and then when I saw it I was just like god man it was I was just blown away because you personally know the experiences you've gone through through your life to get to a certain point and then to finally have that door open after all the hard work that you've put in and be recognized was just it was surreal. And I was just thinking about my parents, too. Like I, I told my parents I wanted to do something in, in my life career wise that I wanted to wake up to and be happy that I was doing it, not because I, I needed to do it because they work hard jobs since I was little. They would wake up at four in the morning every day and now they're in their 60s and they're still doing it. And I was like, I appreciate that. It showed me hard work, what it takes, but it also showed me what I don't want to do with my life personally. I want to do something that I love. That it's not a job. It, it's fun. And yeah, I think I shed some tears while I was driving and and I read the email because I was like, God, like finally I have my foot in the door. Like there's, it's just I don't know. Like man, like it's like like you just can't explain it. Like there's this emotion of like all your dreams kind of coming true, you know. After there's so many people telling you, no, it's not going to happen. Like, come on, you should be doing this and that. And you're always constantly fighting that and to finally realize that, no, I did it. It's kind of like a, yeah, I, I, I can continue down this road.
0: Yeah, and and also that it's, you know, it's a big show. It's a show that you are a fan of i mean like i understand it because that's what happened when i got the narcos job i i couldn't I, I still now can't believe it you know it's like but when i got that email i remember i was like what yeah and even like being at the office i was like what i'm here like what am i doing like <laughs> I was like so i know that feeling man and, and it's i mean it just makes me even now hearing it uh it's just so happy and, and glad it worked out, man. And so, but wait, I just want to say something real quick, though. When you got the notification about going to work or, or starting the, this job, you got it like what less than a less than a week before you started, and you were still working at Fox Sports. Yeah, <laughs> and you were living in San Diego. So what
1: what happened? Yeah, I think they told me like Monday. I think it was Monday, and they were like, "Hey, you got the job. Uh, we would like you to come in on like a Thursday." And I've been working for this other job, Fox Sports, for like four or five years, and they had just switched over to this new producer, executive producer, and I was like, God, how am I going to break this to him? I don't want to burn that bridge either, you know, keep those relationships, but yeah, I went into to his office, really cool guy, his name's Ed Barnes, and spoke to him and told him what it is that the opportunity that had presented itself, and he was super awesome about it, man, just... He was just blown away, like, no way you're you're doing that now. Because we had spoken a while back about how I wanted to get into that field. And he was just super excited for me. And just was like, don't worry about it. If you start Thursday, cool. I'll, I'll I'll rework the schedule. And that's it. If you can work a couple of days here and there whenever you want here at Fox Sports, you know, let us know. I was like thank you so much i appreciate it and that's how i was able to transition into to la i mean this just says a lot about
0: you man because even like saying in your job there at fox sports i mean like i'm gonna assume these people were they were just as excited for you i mean yeah they were losing you know one of their aces and 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 but you had communicated what your goals were right you were open about it you obviously had the right attitude people i'm assuming liked you there and they were gonna cheer you on regardless of what they did regardless of you leaving like say last minute i think just as a, a kind of as a side note it's also i'm glad you did that like i'm glad that you know it's not only just simply about getting say your next opportunity right i mean like getting say in this case you're trying to get into script television but with your current job and also developing a uh the right relationship with them people are also going to be supportive right they're going to be cheering you on to do the next thing I mean, the, 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 simply the union issue that, that, or the situation that could have been an issue. Someone maybe had a problem with you leaving. I've heard of people, I've, I've heard of that in situations where it's like, hey, they're not as supportive and it's just makes it much more difficult to get the right paperwork. I mean, but you obviously, I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming people were just like, yeah, man, I'll help you out no matter what. And I, I don't want to lose you here, but you obviously have goals and you have your dreams. I'm going to be supportive of that.
1: Yeah. And funny that you say that, because the first day that this executive producer showed up within the week, he wanted to talk to every single individual that worked there and just kind of wanted to build a relationship with them, kind of know what their workers do. Right. And we hit it off and told him about how I wanted to break into it and super supportive. And from then on, it just we became close again, not knowing that this you know whatever happened for me but when it did yeah they were super supportive man and build a a great relationship with everybody that was there i remember like with the union stuff i would have this sheet and one of the ladies there would have to sign it and then i'd go back and show it to you and you'd be like oh man you forgot this and that so i'd have to make another copy and then go back again and ask her you could tell that like she maybe was a little bit annoyed she was extremely helpful and nice and about the whole situation, about possibly, you know, maybe getting this opportunity. So, yeah, I'm, I feel like if I hadn't built those relationships with those people, it, it would have definitely burned those bridges, which is if I never work in that industry ever again, I, I don't want to burn those relationships. I still want to have those friendships.
0: Absolutely. No, it's, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I'm glad you take that approach. And I, I suggest that to everyone. Yes, keep it cool with everyone. You never know. Just one more thing. I I, I thank you again for, for taking the time to be here. I just want to mention, though, because going back to when you commuted to Cal State Long Beach, I mean, obviously now your your job, your gig got cut short by this pandemic, just as minded and everyone else. But up until that point, you were commuting from san diego to you didn't move to la i didn't know you you were commuting to la to work yeah and then go back to san diego
1: yeah so i have fan when when i heard the news too again it's like three days right monday and then thursday and i was like well god i didn't even don't have a place up in la like i i have there's nothing over there i have family let me reach out to some of my family members and i was grateful that a couple of my family who lives in long beach were like yeah we you know you can sleep on the couch As long as you want. And I was like, I just kind of needed from um, Monday to Thursday or Friday morning. Because then after the after the show was done, I would commute back to San Diego because this is where I lived. And I had spoken to my girlfriend about it. I was like, in June or July, we'll be making the move, transitioning to move to L.A. But for now, she was in school. So I was like, in the meantime, I'll do that. And yeah, I did that for a couple of months here and there after the pandemic hit. But yeah, it was it was, it was was a little bit rough. I remember I was used to driving from where I live to my job in downtown San Diego. And that took a five minute drive on the street. And then oh, no. <laughs> just, just commuting from the place I was working at to the place in Long Beach took like an hour and a half. And I was like, God, this is like the commute to go like to San Diego or something, you know. And it's just here in L.A. Like I was just like, what is going on? Didn't you have a moment where you called your dad or something about it? Yeah. So I think it was like the second week. And I like, I broke down because the traffic wasn't moving. <laughs> Not your car. or You broke down. like You yourself broke down. <laughs> yeah, myself. I broke down. Like the, the cars weren't moving. <gasps> and like I was like, oh, my God, like what is going on right now? <laughs> Again, I know that most people that work live there are used to this, right? Yeah, of course. So, so it's a common thing. But for me, like it literally took me five minutes to get to work. And now I was stuck in traffic for an hour and a half to even two hours just to get from once it was like 18 miles or something like that. I was like, how is this even possible? And I broke down, man. I was like, I. I I gotta talk to somebody. And I called my dad and he uh, he calmed me down, you know, cause I look at the bigger picture, like it's okay. And eventually I was able to get over it. And then it just literally just like became second like nature. Like, all right, well, this is something I have to do. No, no, no big deal. But the the end result is what matters, right? On, on the show that I'm working on, that's what I really care about. Like this is just an inconvenience and we all have those, uh, I'll put up with it.
0: Nice man, you changed you change your mindset. Obviously, I had a little moment there, but we're, you know, you just kind of talked that out and we're back to normal. And that's good, man. Cause, uh, yeah, it's just an, it's, it's an inconvenience. But yeah, man, so that's awesome. And, uh, so you made it, you transitioned and you were not even in LA. And sure, it did not take, it was not quick, it was not overnight. It literally was like a two-year process but you built a relationship with me and you it was natural it wasn't like it was you weren't like okay i'm gonna do this like build this strategy and it was all very organic and it was you you obviously um were just being yourself or interested you showed your passion your work ethic i learned eventually to trust you and i mean we became friends i mean you know my family i mean like we're friends i mean like now we have a, a strong relationship and it happened over two years, right? And I, the reason I wanted to talk to you here today is to people to hear your story, because I think that if someone asks me, how do I do it? Do it. I'm going to say, well, there's no set path, but I think you should check out Charlie's story. I think you can learn a lot from Charlie and how he did it and simply his, about his personality, his, his, his work ethic, like I said, and everything. He's a good, a great example and you could definitely learn a lot from him. He did it what I consider the right way, almost a, It's a perfect way of doing it. So, and to kind of summarize things, Charlie, I mean, like, if someone is kind of now, say, in your position, whether they're in San Diego and, I don't know, in Michigan, you know, anywhere in the world, honestly, what is some advice that you could tell someone that wants to come to Hollywood, either, you know, to follow the dreams, whether, whatever that is, work in scripted, work in film, reality, documentaries, anything. Piece of advice coming from you to anyone that wants to pursue their dreams here in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, man, well... I mean, it's, it's not easy, right? Like with you, it took, it took two years, but again, I wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to meet Joaquin and I'm only building a friendship with him so I can get a job. Like my mentality was if I can make a friendship out with this guy, that's awesome. But I will never ask him about a job because the moment I do that, I feel like it some something breaks. It's like, it, it's genuine. Like if I met you somewhere else at a house party or something like that, like, That's the friendship that I wanted to create organically. Right. I I had no idea that I was going to hit it off with you, but it did. And you were kind enough to be like, hey, this might be an opportunity. And that's how that happened. But in the back of my mind, I was never like I'm I'm, I'm using or I'm trying to become friends with Joaquin so I can get something out of him. It's not like that. My advice would just be. It, with with me personally, it's, I always knew I wanted to do this. And wh- whatever career you're in, it's, it's, it's hard, right? But you, you're going to hit those hurdles, those bumps along the road, and you just got to keep pushing through. Now, you could be like, this isn't for me, and that's okay. There are different jobs out there, different careers that you can do. Only you know what you're capable of doing and how much you can put up with. Just because I was able to do this, most people would be like, I can't commute from San Diego to LA for two days to go to school like that's just insane right cool you you personally don't have to there but there might be something else that might stop you from and that's how you know what you're made of what you're capable of doing and we all have those struggles in life you know nothing's given to us so you make you try to make the best out of it make friendships don't burn those bridges connect with people use the internet for your advantage shoot an email to somebody you're doing this program where you know drinking tea for like an hour, an hour and a half where people can like-minded people join and can talk about their experiences, ask an editor like yourself questions that most people aren't doing, which is awesome that you're taking the time out of your life to do that. And that's great. I mean, now I'm like, damn, I shouldn't, I feel like I put in too much work with Joaquin because I could have just gone on Facebook and asked them random questions there. You know, <laughs> Damn. No, no, no. But yeah, uh, it's just you got to have that your, your mentality, what it, whatever it is that is pushing you back. And I have those two that that is trying to scare you away. Fear of missing out. Right. Like uh, um, I always say that um, fear is false evidence appearing real. So you got to rework that and change it. And for every negative, make it into a positive. Because life is too short to be complaining about little, little, minute, minute, minute things. Know what you want to do because when this is over, that's it. You don't take any of this with you. So enjoy the ride. Enjoy this, this party you're in and do as much as you can with it. Make friendships with people, with random people who are not even closely or remotely related to the same things that you personally like. But you can gain something out of that. So, yeah, just keep pushing through. And hopefully, like for me, a door will open. If it, if it can happen to me or somebody who lives in San Diego, it can definitely happen to somebody who's in L.A. now. And if you you were like, hey, I, I'm going to make the commute to L.A., not even having a job, more power to you. Like, I'm glad that there are people like that, that you're able to do that. That personally doesn't fit with with my lifestyle, the way I do things. But that doesn't mean it's wrong that other people do it their way. We all have our past and hopefully uh, somebody opens that door.
0: Awesome, man. For sure, man. Well, hey, you know what, Charlie, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I know that, you know, people will definitely uh, learn a lot from you. I hope so. And I encourage people to, to pay attention to, to 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 Charlie's story, dissect it and really learn what his process was. It wasn't even a process. You're just being yourself. But I'm just saying like, you know, the way you did it is just simply being yourself Uh, not really asking for anything. You were just curious. You're interested in seeing how things work. And out of that came uh, friendship came trust and you know you obviously then now got to uh, working on stuff that you want to work on pretty much your dream to work in Hollywood and I know you're going to do great man you're going to do great because that attitude is going to get going to get you far no doubt about it you're just starting out here in this industry and in, in specifically in Script TV you got a lot ahead of you you're going to do great I know it Charlie thanks again for being on the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast
1: uh, it was great to go back and, and relive these moments oh man thank you thank you for having me on and um, yeah your program is is awesome so I can't wait to see what uh how it keeps growing for you.
0: Had a great time talking there with my compa Carlos Viramontes. Just love that guy's energy, his drive, his passion for editing. And like I said, I know he'll get far in this industry for sure thanks again for listening to episode 10 that's 10 episodes of the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast, could not have done this without your support so thank you very much, please share this episode with anyone you think might benefit from hearing Charlie's story and leave a review on Apple Podcasts by visiting hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash review, thanks again for listening my name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor program hasta la próxima